lesson of modern education is Woke kids step, wise kids step, college kids step I'm woke Read more, learn more, change the globe You must learn This is Woke Wise College Kids Welcome to Woke Wise College Kids. I'm your host, Dr. Erin. Thank you so much for downloading and listening. In this episode, we'll explore the world of collegiate athletics and discuss the longstanding debate of dual identity of being a student athlete. First, you'll hear an interview with a stellar student athlete whose accomplishments should be the norm, but unfortunately they're not. And later, I'll discuss the hot button issue of should college athletes be compensated for their effort and commitment to their institutions. All right, I have Mr. Isaac Armstead with me. He is a student athlete from the University of South Dakota. Thank you so much for joining me, Isaac. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you doing? I'm doing well today. So a little bit of background for our listeners. I was on LinkedIn one day, just randomly scrolling. If you don't have a LinkedIn account, you should definitely get one. Yes, yes, it's vital. Yes, I don't, I definitely had my LinkedIn account when I was uh, an early professional. We didn't have Facebook was our (laughs) social media. (laughs) So I was scrolling down LinkedIn and we weren't even connected at the time. I'm I'm not even sure who was our connection, but they liked a particular post in which you were talking about your internship, internship Mm -hmm. experience. And it caught my eye. I looked at your profile (laughs) and I was like, okay, this is a breath of fresh air and I reached out to you and here we are today so yes, I'm ma'am. just as interested in learning about Isaac as you are I'm going to be learning right along with you so um I hope our listeners are ready for what we have in, st- in store for them yes, ma'am. glad to share with you guys so let's just kind of jump into some fun questions what is your favorite study snack Ooh, my favorite study snack um normally around finals times or midterm times uh, i like to hide away in the third story of our library where there's no talking there's no music at all um i'll grab gatorade and a water to kind of go back and forth and uh my go-to snacks is trail mix for sure oh, that's much so on them. That's <laughs> what can i say <laughs> Um, so what is your favorite thing to do in your downtime? Um, being a student athlete, uh, we don't really have too much downtime. So, uh, when that time does come around, I do like to, uh, watch Netflix, uh, take a quick little 20 minute nap. You'd be surprised what those do for your day. It's amazing. And, uh, I'll hang out with friends, um, outside of school and outside of football. Just some of the things I like to do in my downtime. Okay. What's the last, um, Movie you watch or last show that you binge watched on? Ooh, I have been watching Power recently, and boy, if you have not seen it, <laughs> I I highly encourage you to get on it. Great. Power has me in my feelings all Ooh, the time. And I'm like, yes, ma'am. This is not this is not real life. I can't cry <laughs> for Raina. I can't. Well, um, I hear you. I hear you. I can't do any of that. They got me hooked. They got me hooked. It's good TV. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, ma'am. Well, I'm a son of four boys from Tulsa, Oklahoma, Um, playing football all my life, been uh, excelling my academics all my life. Uh, Family's from Louisiana, 
Florine, Shreveport, New Orleans. So I have strong ties to Louisiana. I um, did not know that. Yes, that ma'am. Paris with the Grambling. Oh, GSU. Wow. Yes, okay. ma'am. Okay. Good stuff. <laughs> yes, ma'am. And so uh, growing up in our house, always boys. I know my mom wasn't very too happy about that, but uh, we sure enjoyed it. And uh, athletics has definitely been, um, competition has always been in our lives. Uh, going through high school, um, I was fortunate enough to uh, have good grades and doing well on the field. And uh, it'll offer, I was able to um, receive some football scholarships out of it to help me pay for college, and um, which propelled me into the University of South Dakota, where me and my older brother um, attend. Okay. So you talked a little bit about your connection. Were you one of those uh, student athletes in high school who had ambitions to be a, a collegiate athlete and and maybe a professional athlete? Oh, by far, by far. Um, so I went to Broken Arrow High School in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And at Broken Arrow, we were the biggest high school in Oklahoma. So we are always producing great talent. Um, guys going Division One here, there, everywhere. And so um, the expectation was uh, this is how we're going to make it. This is how we're going to get to that next level and potentially uh, in the uh, professional league. Um, and so that's always been kind of my mantra um, in the back of my mind uh, to play Division One football and um, be a part of that experience and be able to lighten that burden for my family. Um, because, as I mentioned, there is four of us young men and uh, both my parents, yes, they're working, but, you know, it's going to be kind of hard for them to pay the way uh, for all four of us. And so uh, me and my older brother were fortunate enough to receive scholarships. So uh, parents are very thankful for that, for sure, as we all are. Okay. At, at what point did you kind of have a realistic picture of the odds of becoming pro and a better picture of what being a collegiate athlete, what it really means and what it can really do for your future. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For sure. Um, I knew going into, uh, I think it was my freshman year of college, I knew the odds are probably stacked against me. I mean, even getting to um, Division One athletics, they're pretty slim. So I was fortunate enough to get that. Um, but I think it was once I got to college, um, the game changes. You know, in high school, uh, you're playing with your boys. I mean, you've known them growing up. Uh, you're playing for your city, um, and it's just a different feel in high school. Uh, in the collegiate arena, um, everything's business. Everything is X's and O's. There's no uh, lead, too much leeway to um, get back to that innocence of what football is, uh, for per se. And so once I started understanding, you know, this is kind of the arena that I may uh, potentially going into. Um, it's only going to escalate into the professional league. I kind of took a step back and spoke with my father and was like, you know, um, he really emphasized to me that uh, to have a plan B and have a backup to make sure that, you know, if football doesn't work out um, after I graduate, to have something to fall back on, something steady, something um, worthwhile. And just having that in the back of my ear and uh, seeing other guys and talking to some of the older guys on our team, um, it was definitely good to have high aspirations and reach for those um, if you so choose but to definitely have a plan B, have a backup, because you never know. Um, You're always one play away from never playing again or uh, whatever the circumstance can be. And so I always want to be ready and have something to fall back on. And academics was definitely uh, my safety net, as you will. Um, Pretty good, secure one that I definitely wanted to make sure I had. 
Okay, so let's talk about your academics. One thing that stood out on your profile is that you are in a fast track program at your mm-hmm. university. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yes, ma'am. Uh, and so being a student athlete, um, it's kind of, we have a unique path to graduation. Um, most students have that traditional route for one semester or fall and spring semester. And, uh, but as for us athletes, we're really on campus all year round. And so in the summertime, uh, we'll be on campus when nobody else is and inherently we'll be taking classes. So three classes, six classes here, you know, nothing too serious. Um, and when you continue that cycle over four to five years of eligibility, um, you find out by year three, beginning of year four, that uh, you're almost done. And like, there's not too many options uh, in classes that you can take because uh, you're almost done with uh, completing your program. And so I think it was the end of my junior year, uh, the spring, I spoke with my advisor and uh, we just kind of wrapped back and forth. And he was letting me know, like, my degree audit telling me where I was currently on my track. And I mentioned to him earlier that, you know, uh, since I'm going to be here for five years, uh, since I got registered, um, I definitely plan on getting my MBA. And I had just, you know, as a freshman, sophomore, just assumed that that happens last year, fourth year, you know, you just kind of uh, walk into that arena. But uh, he let me know that I qualified for a fast track program. And so given my GPA and given my current standing, um, and some other uh, requirements that were needed, I was able to start taking one and two courses uh, towards my MBA as a junior. And so it was kind of cool, uh, a little scared at first. I wasn't, didn't know what I was getting into and how I was going to be able to handle this, but uh, it's definitely been an adjustment, but it's definitely paying dividends for sure. Uh, so after I graduate um, in May of 2019, I'll have my bachelor's in business administration with an emphasis in computer science and my also my MBA in supply chain. So definitely worked out in my favor for sure. That is pretty awesome. Like that is going to save you probably what thirty five thousand. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm not now I'm coming out. I'm coming out debt free. It's it's a blessing for sure. Definitely a blessing. That is so that is why we're called woke wise college kids. Because a lot of people <laughs> don't really realize that. I've had no, a, ma'am. a good colleague who who I think had to share a similar story than you. His parents, his family focused on academics, but he was a star athlete. He actually, yes, ma'am. we were in grad school together. He, he completed, uh, well, a one year of his master's program before going to pre-med. And he actually went, oh, wow. and, uh, tried, tried out for NFL team and went to practices. And he, he had the, the, the choices to do either pre-med or mm-hmm. NFL. And, yeah. um, he, just having those options, like it's better to have options. It's yes, ma'am. To do, um, and so he was able to take that year, get some classes on his belt before he went on to med school. Oh yeah. Um. So I think that is definitely a great idea. I even completed my master's and PhD in a dual degree program, and that okay, Doctor Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so that saved me a lot of time and money. I did. Yes, ma'am. Immediately after I graduated undergrad, and mm-hmm. that has been a, a huge impact on my career, and just getting that out of the way early, like you're oh, doing yeah. if you want to be done, and just head straight forth into your career. So, good choice for <laughs> that. Um, so tell me, what does a student athlete mean to you? Like, what is your definition? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, and it's key that you mentioned it, you know, in that order. 
what being a student athlete means to me is understanding that in order to uphold that title of student athlete, um, one must understand that above all, you are first a student. And then you can define yourself as an athlete. Um, too many times we see young black men gifted in athletics and afforded the opportunity to get a scholarship to play college ball end up seeing themselves only as a ladder. And, you know, they kind of fall victim to the cycle of leaving college with a quote-unquote useless degree or, you know, sadly, not graduating at all. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, like a fellow Omega man, uh, my father always harped on me and my other brothers um, the importance of scholarship, you know, a.k.a. Our academics. And so just knowing that um, if I wasn't able to make grades growing up, there wasn't any hope playing on the weekend. And, you know, we kind of see inevitably that stance is pretty consistent from grade school all the way up to the collegiate arena. Um, if you're not competing in the classroom as hard as you do on the field or the court, uh, you'll see the title of being an athlete is no longer possible, you know, when it be, uh, becoming, uh, because you become ineligible. So that's just kind of my stance with um, uh, being a student athlete. That's that's good stuff. Um, no no wonder why I like you. You're ma Omega. Yes, ma'am. It's all coming together. It makes sense. It's coming <laughs> fruition. So I have a, a, a kind of a, a another question similar to that. Yes, Do you think there's a difference between a scholar athlete and a student athlete? We don't necessarily um, scholar athlete. Yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't thought about that. Um, my personal um, difference when thinking of a scholar athlete, a student athlete, um, just kind of takes that emphasis on, uh, uh, and so it's kind of, it's, it's really funny you mentioned that actually, because last week, um, I got nominated, uh, as a national scholar athlete, um, the Campbell trophy award. So, um, essentially appreciate it. So essentially it's, a uh, the Heisman or Heisman for academics. And, uh, I kind of would like maybe, Hit on the point of scholar athletes excel on the field and off the field. So just kind of hit on the excellence piece. Whereas in student athletes, it just, uh, you get the job done, you know. Um, yes. And not that, not that there's anything wrong. Uh, we're always shooting for high aspiration. We're always shooting to be the best. Uh, but, you know, like that uh, cream of the cop, that probably, you know, maybe can touch on the both levels. Uh, that's where that distinction would, I would personally say, to a scholar athlete. And a student athlete, but very similar. And this is also a bonus, bonus question that kind of popped up. Do you think, and it kind of leads us into our next question as well. Do you think that most athletic programs, I know you probably have a just perspective from your own. Do you think yes, most college athletic programs make that possible? Um, could you repeat the question? What is what? what uh... Yeah. Do you think that most college uh, athletic programs make it possible for students to reach both, like okay. your scholar yeah, yeah, yeah. and And I think uh, most colleges, I would, I would definitely say, because um, I have friends that um, that are in Power Five schools in different sports, and we we talk about similar things like this all the time. And uh, I definitely think schools um, have the capability; they definitely have the resources. Um, but at the end of the day, um, your coach, your advisor. Uh, the athletic administration they're not in there when you're taking that test so mm -hmm. you know they, they can prepare you, they can have, give you the resources um, they can do as much as they can for you to uh, ascertain to be that scholar athlete but at the end of the day um, when you're making them grades 
it comes down to you being able to hone in all the things and all the resources around you and then attribute that to um, being successful in the classroom. And so most um, students are able to, you know, get through, get by and figure it out. Um, few understand uh, what it takes and utilize, maximize all the resources to um, reach that end goal. So, but. Okay. Yes, ma'am. How much, how much of the private talks with like your team that your coach may have with you all, how much of it is dedicated or how much would you say they push you to do greater than what the standard, you know, the, the minimum standard to be mm -hmm. eligible? Mm -hmm. How much of, how much do they encourage you to be that top student? Um, and to be like brutally honest, you know, um, that kind of comes down to the individual coach. So I can speak on here at USD, uh, South Dakota, um, our head coach, Bob Nielsen, you know, um, tells us and shows us how important it is to not only be doing well in the classroom, but as well in the field. Um, but to push that agenda as uh, much as uh, our parents would may, may want to hear or outsiders or uh, alumni, um, kind of comes down to the individual coach, but he prioritizes as uh, important. Um, my individual corner coach, Mark Watson, um, he lets us know day in and day out that uh, it's not going to cut it if you just balling on the field, but uh, you can't get right in the classroom. Um, mm -hmm. We have study hours, and if you're not going to your study hours, then you get recommended, and then it shows up on your tests. And now, like, and now you can play. So, I mean, it kind of falls back on each individual coach and what um, they want to emphasize. So, you know, they say, you know, we, we recruited you here uh, to play football. And so, mm -hmm. which is, I mean, you're paid here to play football. And, you know, go take care of academics uh, when you have time. And, and then some other uh, encourage you to get the most out of everything. And so, and that's, a, I think it's just an individual basis uh, by school, by coaching. Okay. Okay. What are some challenges with, I call it a dual identity. Yes, ma'am. I've been just in higher education and working with, student athletes and meeting with them and, and mentoring yes, it's a dual identity like the things that I push uh sometimes on for tr the traditional student yeah um it's hard for a student athlete to take advantage of some of those yes ma'am yes, um, so what are some challenges that you've experienced or have you witnessed some of your peers experience yeah and you hit it right on the nail actually um being a student athlete it's very much like having a dual identity. <laughs> I mean, it seems like I transform into this alter ego uh, when I put on my glasses on and step inside the classroom versus when I'm in the weight room, my teammates lifting massive amounts of weights, uh, they're yelling obscenities, uh, sceneries and loud music playing. Um, two complete different ide identities. Um, I guess you could call it, you know, a modern day Dr. Jack on the or what do you speak on? Uh, or better yet, James St. Patrick in the classroom and his alias <laughs> ghost on the field, you know, I mean, that's, that's really the, yeah, yeah. that's the real, yeah. like, it's, that's kind of how it is. And uh, I would say like the challenges, you know, that I personally faced with this dual identity was, you know, I first recognizing that it was there. Um, as a freshman, I had to understand the two different types of environments that were at play and know that each one demanded a different type of edge. So I couldn't, um, 6 a.m. waits, 5 a.m. waits, rushing to my 7 o'clock class, rushing to my 8 o'clock class, and I'd still be pumped. I'd still be, like, uh, have that mental – I'd still be on edge, like, I'm ready to go. And mm -hmm. 
it's it ain't <laughs> Nobody in the class is as pumped as me or have that much enthusiasm. Uh, teacher is just now waking up, drinking her coffee, you know, um, and just bring that type of edge and understanding the different uh, environments. Um, I know my coach expects something out of me versus how my professor expects that out of me. And so just kind of understanding the two different identities, recognizing um, how to maneuver within them. Uh, the second challenge, you know, uh, I would say was kind of not letting the outside stigmas of being like a dumb jock or playing into the notion that athletes, at least academically, thing. Um, I noticed when first arriving to college that it seemed I had to work twice as hard to prove my intellectual merit in the classroom because of these two identities, mm-hmm. uh, especially being the only black athlete in the class. You know? um, many believe because I played the sport, you know, grades are just going to be thrown to me like it was Mardi Gras or something. Uh, but, but over time, I was able to, you know, I was able to not only do well in both arenas, but, you know, exceed. And like giving patients a class or answer, uh, answering questions, uh, being vocal, um, asking questions too. Uh, it, I realized it took more than me just sitting down and uh, sitting, sitting down in class and taking a test and doing well and not know everybody around me not understanding uh, my work and understanding mm-hmm. what, I, what I could potentially bring to the table. Um, I think maybe like the last challenge with this dual identity was finding different ways to challenge the notion of being a student athlete. Um, every year I was trying to redefine and stretch myself and see what else I could be. Uh, whether that was being a part of the dean's list, um, participating in summer internships, creating my own foundation, um, uh-huh. or leading an organization on campus, as well as, you know, pushing the greatest fraternity on the planet. Oh, makes <laughs> uh, I always wanted to be more than just an athlete. And that, that stuck, like, to the core of me, like, since I was, like, uh, I don't say a young pup, but uh, since, I was, uh, since I was young, um, <clears throat> my father had all my uncles, all my uh, quote-unquote uncles, all the Omega men of my life growing up, uh, when they would come to my house and they would be fellowshipping, me and my older brother would be playing around third, fourth grade, uh, they would come up on me and they'd be hazing me. I'm over here trying, uh-huh. to, talk, I'm over here trying to talk about football and Uncle so-and-so over here asking some questions, why you didn't get an A on this test? What you know about this? Well, uh, I hear you are you acting up. Da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> I'm over here looking at them like, y'all want to talk about sports? They, they over here want to talk about uh, uh, what, what was it? Tulsa race rides. They want to talk about uh, why I didn't get this in this class. And so it's kind of taking that, seeing that at an early age really helped me stretch to see um, that I can be more than just an athlete and that it was imperative that I did so because that's what the world looks at me as. That's what uh, society sees me as, just a, uh, a fine black man with dreads. And mm-hmm. he just going to class, he's going to school, and he can't be anything else than XYZ. And so just always challenging that notion of I'm not just a student athlete. That's kind of like my, I guess, my mantra, my internal motivation, for sure. Okay, that's good stuff. So it seems as though your family support unit influenced how you define um, your identity. Mm-hmm. And I think that's super important for young, especially young African-American males to have that. Oh, yeah mentorship you know some may not have that opportunity to have people surrounded that will they keep hearing that very true so i often get discouraged when i see and i read about school districts that keep lowering 
GPA so that students can play. And I'm like, that's like the mm-hmm. opposite of that's, what we yeah. need to do. Um, and so I'm always an advocate. Like if you raise the bar, students will meet it. You can't oh, yeah. lower that expectation. It's only setting our um, our students up for to failure. Yeah. Fail. Yeah. And, you know, the, yeah. Because in the real world, you know, that's not necessarily how it works. Um, not at all. I think about just like my time, my first internship. Uh, great, great experience. Alliance Data, Dallas, Texas, great company, awesome experience. But just like getting that first like corporate, uh, get my feet wet in corporate America, I realized that just because I'm an intern, you know, the bar wasn't set lower. And if one week my manager asked me to do this, and I came back to him at the end of the week, and I said, you know, uh, if I was to say I couldn't get it done, can we lower the standards? He's gonna look at me like. What I mean, uh, well, uh, I mean, and so just understanding that uh, transfer of how if we're setting the bar for our students um, and we're always continually dropping to, to meet their uh, quote unquote standards, you know, it's when it's, we're setting up to failure when it gets to the real world. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what are some advantages of being a student athlete? I know you we talked about the financial implications, yes. but what are some some other things as far as professional development, getting you ready for the real world. What what are some advantages to being hmm. interesting? Um some advantages I would say that prepare us for the real world, um, that being a student athlete brings is definitely that team based mindset, that goal oriented um mindset. And it's crazy because like when you're when you're amongst a whole bunch of alpha males, 101 alpha males, uh, like we all have group think, we're all, uh, we all the same track minded. Um, when somebody says move, we all move in one and we all on the same page uh, to accomplish a goal, a task. And so it's the advantage of being a student athlete and seeing that transfer is I, I, didn't, I didn't understand that effect until last summer, really, when I was working with GE and seeing how the individual offices, the individual departments, if they would not to say we're doing, uh, we weren't doing it, but to say, to see, take it from like an athletic point of view and understanding that if we all moved on the same accord, if we all were um, thinking alike or uh, working towards a common goal um, together, uh, just seeing it from like an athletic, from a team perspective, really kind of put me ahead of the game. Um, that's one of the biggest advantages I think of being a student athlete um would entail as well as like time management um uh-huh. i'm always able to i'm thinking about this but i'm doing this i'm able to multitask i'm able to see the bigger picture i'm able to um really go uh if, if you need to go deep we can kind of go deep but i understand that you know if i can't go this far i can my, my brother or my teammate i know he can help me out i know reggie in the other department he's real skilled in this let's bring you let's invite him and so just being able to multitask time management um, be a leader because I know I, I really I don't realize not everybody is just like naturally. I mean, everyone <laughs> says they, like natural leaders, but like people really don't speak up. People yeah. don't really question things. People like people sometimes just they don't not to say they don't have it in them, but it may not be awake. And so uh, I realized like I was in my first meeting and like I didn't understand something. Like, Raise my hand. What 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 is the goal with this? What is this uh, acronym stand for? Oh, okay, write that down. And just like kind of like taking a look back, oh, okay, this is, hmm, this is mm-hmm. how we operate here, okay? Mm-hmm. Adjusted, noted. And so just maybe like even taking it from that perspective, 
Um, but definitely there are a lot of advantages um, from being a student athlete that prepares for life. Um, one thing I would like to see, uh, I know our um, university does a pretty good job of it, um, at least getting the trends going and getting it started, but maybe a little more workshops. Um, I know we have zero time uh, in the day and throughout the year to, all, to schedule something where all athletes could attend. Yeah. Um, but like if we could have, because like I said, like being on Mega Man, I've been able to um, be influenced by these workshops and going to different summits and conferences, and they've helped me prepare for life. And mm-hmm. so like when I walked into that interview room, I was prepared. I had my resume. My resume was prepared. I had the questions I wanted to ask prepared. Um, and so I, after, uh, not wrapping up, but after speaking with some of my uh, teammates and realizing there's a gap, and the gap is bigger than you think. Um, even though we have the intangibles, we have a lot of things that we can offer a company, offer an organization. Um, we may not have the actual tools. We may not be all there on paper. Yeah. And so being able to manipulate that, being able to maybe brush up on, brush up on our professional skills a little more. Um, that's one thing that uh, I would like to see as an advantage that we could bring as a student athletes um, to the real world. But other than that, there's a lot of, a lot of things that um, come as an advantage for sure. Okay. So it seems as though you have been able to be involved, especially Greek life. Yes, ma'am. Had a chance to do internships, at least two so far. So mm-hmm. how do you make it all work? And and do you feel like you've had to give up something in order to uh, keep your commitment to both? It's tough. I'm not gonna lie. It's it's it, it's tough because you sometimes have like both arenas pulling on you and asking for the same thing, mm-hmm. aka time. Um, like I remember, like the first time I went on my first internship. And I had to tell my coach, uh, I don't think he, I don't, I think he understood, but I don't think he understood like what I was really doing. Uh, I think he <laughs> believed I'd be in town, like just down the street and I'd still be at workouts and running and everything. But then I told him, no, nah, I'm going back like to Dallas to work all summer. And it kind of took him back. Like, uh, uh, <laughs> what, 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 uh. And so, I mean, we talked about it, got me on a program. Uh, so I got with the trainer and. I was working. I was working, running in the mornings, lifting at night, working through the day, and so um, they're definitely. It's definitely hard to juggle all the different things. Uh, that's kind of where that time management comes in. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's. I, I'm not gonna say it's easy, and I'm not gonna say it's for everybody, because I was able um, mentally and professionally. I was in a position where this is the time I needed to do this, and I was able to um, be successful in both arenas. I wouldn't, I would not uh, advise like a freshman or somebody who's not really sure about what they want to do or um, even if playing, like uh, playing football is a high priority for me. Um, Right now I'm kind of injured, so I'm set back for another week or two, but uh, I know some guys may have to give up, as you mentioned, uh, that starting spot. You know, they're not, they're not here for workouts all summer. They Uh went back home to go or they went across the state to go work here or there and sometimes and most pro and most in most programs it looks bad mm-hmm. looks like you're abandoning your team looks like you're out here having going to have fun all summer while your brothers are working and you know it, it's it's a it's a hard trade-off you know you have to build up some rapport first mm-hmm. um coach <laughs> you got to be good with your coach you got to make sure your team 
Uh, they know that when you're gone, you're still working. And so it's definitely a challenge. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It was, and, it, and, and it sucks. It does suck because I, I was out in Michigan, and I was working all day, lifting at night, running in the mornings. And I, I, every once in a while I look on my feed or I get text messages from one of the guys, uh, and they just be around me. They be staying on me, hey, how was your workout today? <laughs> or so-and-so so, so has been doing this, this, and this. Uh, you want to give them a call, uh, help them out with this technique? And so just kind of being away, just kind of like, ah, I want to be with my guys. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it still worked out. But uh, there's definitely a lot of sacrifices that come with um, being able to operate in multiple arenas, for sure. Okay. So this podcast may be heard by some seniors in high school. So what advice would you give to those student athletes who are in their senior year who are looking to be recruited by colleges? What what oh, advice yeah. would you give them? Um, This is key because – um, a lot of young men, 17, 18 years old, my little brother, actually, he's a junior down in Dallas, Texas. He's uh, beginning this process, too. Um, enjoy it. Enjoy the process. I'll say first, enjoy the process of being recruited. Um, it's fun. There's nothing really like it. Uh, you get to travel, visit all these colleges, everybody kissing your booty, telling you you're the man. Eh, enjoy <laughs> it. It's enjoy it. Um, and if it's not going as uh, you wanted or hoped, be patient. Be patient. Keep keep grinding. Keep doing what you need to do, um, because at the end of the day, um, God's gonna make a plan. And if it's meant to be, it's gonna happen. And you just gotta trust in Him. But uh, who was it? It was I was on a vine. It was on Twitter the other day. Uh, I forgot who said it. But if your grades ain't right, ain't no need to be doing all this footwork. Ain't no need to be throwing your huddle out because literally the first question coach gonna ask, uh, college coach gonna ask when he gets to your school. Oh, him? Oh, he's nice? Okay, okay. How are his grades? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, your coach can't lie. He's going to be like, well, I mean, he got this. What's his ACT? He got this. Yep. <sighs> well, you know, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, but outside of getting your grades right, um, enjoy the process. Uh, take advantage of all the opportunities, all the resources. Um, when you go on these visits, ask as many questions as you can when you get to these schools. And don't be afraid to ask people that don't play sports because they ain't going to lie to you. Um, but just enjoy it. Um, work hard. Everybody says that they're grinding. Your, your rival school, the rival corner, the rival QB, keep grinding too. Um, just put your head down. And, you know, if you want to make it happen, you got you to gotta work. And wherever you land, you know, just be uh, thankful for the opportunity. If you get a scholarship, be thankful because – you could be just in anybody else's shoes, mm-hmm. paying fifty thousand a year, mm-hmm. forty thousand a year, four years. Do the math. Taking out like like, I'm telling you, even if it's not your dream school, D1, or if you end up going D2 on a partial scholarship, I'm telling you, it's gonna pay in dividends. So I mean, other than that, in recruiting, uh, it gets kind of it gets kind of scary, a little sloppy because <laughs> uh, it's kind of because it's, it's not it's kind of taboo. Cause nobody really talks about it until you get to that point. But man, just, you can only do so much ball out on the field, ball out on the classroom and they're going to come knocking. Yep. And you bring up a really good point because I've sat on both sides. I've coached and, and had to help parents think about mm-hmm. the process of where their son should go play mm-hmm. ball. And I've mm-hmm. been on the other side. Well, 
as an institution, you had to think about the money and, and what kind of recruiting class are you bringing in. So yep. student, I, don't, I don't think many students realize that the that you may get a partial. You're not going to get a full scholarship with poor grades. For sure. And you're probably not even going to get a full scholarship with great grades. So you have to have something going for you. Uh -huh. get some other scholarships to supplement it or else you're going to I'm so glad I'm glad you mentioned that because there, there's some guys on our football team who are on like 50% scholarship or 75% whatever the case was but they had really good academics so when they pulled up to school like they were on a fool like they were fine they were bringing in supplementary uh, scholarships so it was that they still weren't paying anything mm -hmm. so Okay, so as we wrap up, what's next for you? What are your career goals? And what's going to happen after you are um, Mr. MBA? <laughs> uh, where do you want to yes, work? What do you want to do? What do you see yourself in like the next five years? Sheesh, five years. I've seen so far away. It's not. It, it, really, it really isn't, though. That's crazy. It really isn't. <laughs> um, so after I plan on graduating here from USD, um, I have my undergrad business in computer science. I have my MBA in supply chain. Um, the immediate future, I plan on taking a nice vacay somewhere overseas in the summer. I need to, I need to get away. I need to take some downtime because football and school gonna take a. It's, it's year five for me. Uh -huh. I need, I need to go chill. Um, but then I transit, or then when I transition, um, I plan on going into my employment with General Electric. Uh, operations management leadership program or aka OMLP program um, in July of 2019 which is a <clears throat> a two-year rotational program within GE and I'll be able to uh, travel a little bit get some really good experience and hopefully by the end of those two years springboard into um, whatever platform whatever um, employment uh, that I find uh, interesting uh, within GE. So that's like the next five years, I believe, uh, working, put my head down, grinding, trying to make a name for myself. And uh, shoot, after that, man, 15, 20 years down the road, hopefully 10, 15, uh, becoming a director or sitting on a leadership council, or some organization. Okay. Um, yeah. But I'm definitely thinking about getting my PhD. Okay. Um, definitely something that, that definitely something I want to have. Uh, not that that's that's like long term goal. Not sure when I want to get it done, but that's definitely something I want to um, at least uh, strive for for sure. May even find you may even find myself back in academia. Okay, okay, good yes, deal. That sounds like really good plan. I have a a big sister. Um, well, she's been like a mentor, big sister. She mm -hmm. worked for GE for thirteen years straight out of hey. Yeah, she loved it. So I know quite a few people who worked there and they found it a great place to work. So that's how you actually get your foot in the door. You have to do those internships, just send yeah. your application in and hoping and praying somebody reads it that doesn't work it up. Exactly. anymore. So, well, mm -hmm. thank you so much. How can our listeners reach you or follow you? Do you have <laughs> any news you want to share? I know you have a foundation. I didn't know if you want to talk about that to give that oh, yeah. a platform. Oh, yeah, I could definitely speak on that. Um, so this past year, me and my older brother um, created the Armstead Foundation. Um, essentially, last year, we were kind of just sitting around back home thinking, you know, we were really blessed to be in this financial opportunity or this financial um, spot where we can um, 
not to think about loans or bills or anything uh, throughout college and talking to some of my our friends back home and seeing, you know, what they were going through financially and even emotionally and kind of told that everything was kind of weighing on them. We were kind of thinking, you know, what is the way that we can get back? And uh, from that, we were thinking about doing some workshops or um, some other various things to help be that bridge or be uh, a tool for them and realize with our schedules that was not going to happen. So <laughs> after kind of going back and forth on some ideas, we ended up thinking, uh, let's do a scholarship or a foundation in the form of scholarship. And so talking to local businesses, family and friends, we were able to raise uh, $1,000, um, which we awarded this past uh, May, this past May, May of 18, uh, to two high school seniors in Oklahoma. And so uh, you can donate if you want. Uh, I can send a link to Dr. Aaron uh, on PayPal, Armstead Foundation. Um, and I can definitely share some more information on that if you guys want on our website. Uh, outside of that, you can find me on the gram at Ike Armstead and follow me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Armstead too. Okay. Well, thank you so much. We'll include all of that information in the episode notes in the description for this episode. So thank you so much for joining us and you have a good day. Are you going to take another 20 minute nap? Oh, no, I can't do that. I, I'm talking to practice. And I got 30 more minutes. I appreciate it, though. Thank you for the chance to speak with you. No problem. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Have a good one. This episode's Hot Topic question is, should student-athletes be compensated in addition to their scholarship and tuition money? While this has been a long-standing topic, it has been resurrected with the announcement of a new documentary on HBO. Produced by LeBron James, Student Athlete follows four college athletes' experiences at major universities as creators investigate the money trail of college athletics. The official re release reads, Unpaid college athletes generate billions of dollars for their institutions every year. Student Athlete unveils the exploitative world of high-revenue college sports through the stories of four young men at different stages of their athletic careers, as well as a coach turned advocate and whistleblowing shoe rep who exposes the money trail. The documentary spotlights former college and NFL coach John Snoop, New Jersey high school basketball phenom Nick Richards, now at the University of Kentucky, Mike Shaw, who played at the University of Illinois and Bradley University, Shamar Graves, a former wide receiver at Rutgers University, and Silas Nasita, a walk-on who played at Baylor University. This podcast is all about student success and what makes students successful in college and after. My opinion is based on this perspective and professional experience in higher education in general. And to be honest, my thoughts are really gray on the matter. Here's what comes to mind when the issue is brought up. The first issue that comes to mind are demands on student-athletes. And this demand steals away their important pieces of their student experience. Between the camps, before season begins, the early morning practices, the afternoon practices, watching film, and mandatory study hall, there's little time left to take part in the experiences proven to support student and career success. It is difficult to fully commit to student organizations when you're an athlete, and student involvement enhances the skills needed for a career. So student-athletes often miss out on important things that could help them be successful after they graduate. In major universities with major resources, student-athletes 
or confined and isolated in their own world. Outside of class, they live with each other, they study with each other, and eat with each other. They have limited opportunities to interact with non-athletic students, which gives them a very skewed view of college life. My third thought that comes to mind is athletes often have to choose between sports and their academic majors. I know several instances in schools across the country where athletes are encouraged to change their major because of rigor, especially in STEM or allied health fields like nursing. Another thought is is one that is often brought up as a con of paying athletes, which is they get a free education, so why should we pay them on top of that? That is a myth for a majority of students, especially for the least popular athletic programs and out-of-state students. Only a percentage of student athletes get a full ride. Most athletes receive partial scholarships, and a lot of student athletes are responsible for paying a significant portion of their college expenses, even after scholarships are applied, which means they still may have to take out student loans. Making sure the tuition and housing is paid is one matter, but having financial resources to take care of personal needs is another. Food insecurity is a big issue for many college students, and unfortunately, student athletes are among those students. Which leads me to my fifth point. Students aren't able to do work study or work part-time because of the demand that they have on their time. And if they can do it, it's to detriment of their grades and also their mental health. Time commitments of practice games and other activities lessen the possibility of getting jobs to have additional money to support themselves. So do I think college athletes should be paid? It's not a matter of a yes or no. I think it's a matter of yes, but how much makes sense and how do you regulate it? So I say yes, with fairness, structure, and accountability. It would be a great start to pay them for the hours required for practice, games, and travel. I can't speak to paying them a licensing fee for using their image on TV and advertisement. That's for other experts to weigh in on. But I do know that student athletes sacrifice a lot in the name of entertainment and revenue. Institutions give full rides to students for academic purposes with only expectation to keep their grades up. They're not held to the same time or physical requirements as student athletes, yet they are still awarded the same scholarship money as athletes and are still eligible to get paid through work-study jobs. That's basically all I have. I would love to hear what you think. Let's continue the conversation on Twitter. Tweet us at LLC to weigh in on this conversation. Thanks again to Isaac Ormstead for a wonderful interview. Thank you for listening. And until the next episode, be wise and stay woke. This podcast is sponsored by BePreppy.com, a college coaching company. Head over to BePreppy.com for free college success resources and to learn how you can secure a personal college coach. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on all social media channels at BePreppy.com. LLC.